Okay, good morning. It is Wednesday, September 21st. This is the Wednesday morning Tish. We're studying the Tomer Devorah, uh, Rabbi Moses Cordovero's work um, uh, linking human ethics to divine attributes. And we have been working through the uh, first of uh, what are going to be ten divine attributes, uh, which uh, which correspond to the uh, the spherot, the um, spheres of uh, godly uh, attributes in, in the Kabbalistic system. Uh, and the first of those is Keter, which is God's crown, uh, and uh, Cordovero understands that as being God's uh, higher compassion. And uh, he subdivides that into uh, into several different categories. I think the 13 different categories, if I'm not mistaken. And we're on the ninth one right now. And the, those subcategories uh, are based on a verse from the book of Micah. Uh, and there are 13 different statements about God's uh, uh, compassion in that. We're on, in the Hebrew, if you're following on the Hebrew, we're on uh, the one, two, three, fourth page in... On the back of that fourth page, there is, in the middle of the page, um, Hatet, which is the ninth. Uh, on the top right-hand corner of the page, a Kuf Dalet, Hebrew letter Kuf Dalet. If you're in the English, uh, it's page 62 at the bottom. So it's the ninth. And the Hebrew is, V'tashlich bimtsulot yam kolchatotam. That, uh, that uh, God will cast into the depths of the sea all of their sins. Now, just before we begin to actually look at what he says, that verse might be familiar to some of you, or at least one of the words of that verse might be familiar. Is that verse familiar to anybody? Right, exactly. Afternoon of Rosh Hashanah. This is the uh, verse that serves as the source of that ceremony. Right, that uh, God casts our sins into the depths of the sea, and so too on the afternoon of, uh, of Rosh Hashanah, we go to the edge of the sea or the edge of a river or some other uh, type of body of water, and we symbolically throw off our, our sins into the sea. And Cordovero understands that as, as a godly attribute, that God, in fact, does that uh, for us. God casts off our sins. Now, I have to tell you, before we even jump into this, that I found this, uh, the theology of this piece, I, I like the ethics of this piece, which we'll get to down the line, but I found the theology of this piece very personally troubling. Um, so we'll, we'll explore a little bit of it uh, and, uh, and, and see what we think. Um, so, that the God will cast into the depths of the sea all of their sins. Zomida tovala This is a great quality that God has. Shahar Yisrael chatu misaram biad paro That when the Jewish people sinned, God handed them over into Pharaoh's into Pharaoh's hands. And the, there's a a strand of classical Jewish uh, thought that says that the reason that the Jewish people were slaves in Egypt was because of some kind of transgression that they did. It was actually a punishment. They weren't innocent victims in, uh, in the whole kind of scheme of Jewish history. They ended up in, in Egypt be, as a punishment for their sins. But Vishavu Bachuva, but then they did repentance, which is ultimately what led to their redemption. So if that's so, Lama Yanish Paro. 
if it were so that the Israelites were in Egypt because of their sins, and they were redeemed because because they did tshuva, why was Pharaoh punished? After all, Pharaoh is just uh, acting as God's agent in that capacity, enslaving the Israelites because of the transgressions that they did. And the same is true with Sancheriv, the, uh, the, um, uh, the, the Babylonian uh, uh, general who uh, led the conquest of, uh, of Judah, uh, which, who God described, or the, the book of uh, um, uh, the books of the prophets describe him, I think the book of Jeremiah, if I'm not mistaken, describes him as, uh, as the rod of God's anger. Right, so that uh, the Babylonians are really just being used in that capacity as the instrument of, of God's justice. Right, and Haman as well right, are all, in, uh, in a strand of Jewish theology, a, an agent for God's punishment of the just punishment of the Israelites, of the Jews. So what and, and he goes on further. He says, what God doesn't say is that okay, you know, uh, I'll I'll have I'll I'll forgive, right? I'll only forgive, right? So when the Jewish people do uh, tshuva, when Jewish people repent, or uh, they don't do uh, 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 wicked deeds anymore then I'll remove Haman from them. I'll remove Pharaoh from them. I'll remove uh, Sancher from them. And so God doesn't say that. Instead, achen right? that wouldn't be enough. Ela yashuv amal haman al rosho. Instead, what God does is returns the, uh, the, uh, um, returns the toil of Haman's efforts. Right? The, returns the wickedness of Haman returns the it's not the word I'm looking for returns the aggression of Haman on his own head so even though Haman or Pharaoh or the like were acting as agents of of God's justice they're still held accountable for the actions that they did to the Jewish people Right? And the same thing for those other people. And the reason is, for the reason for that, is right? So the reason for that is the same as the reason for the scapegoat in Yom Kippur. The, if, for those of you familiar at all with the, uh, with the Torah reading for Yom Kippur, and, and even it's incorporated in the liturgy, in Leviticus, the, the description of the ritual for Yom Kippur is that the, that, uh, the priest will take two goats uh, and draw lots on those two goats. One of those goats will be offered as a sacrifice to God, and one of those goats will carry the sins of the Jewish people off into the wilderness. Um, the, the term is a very cryptic term in the Torah, which is the term Azazel. He'll, carry, he'll, go, he'll be sent off to Azazel. There's a disagreement among the, the uh, commentators about what exactly Azazel is. Some of the commentators say it's a demon that lives in the wilderness. Other commentators say it's just the name of a craggy cliff in the wilderness that the goat gets thrown off of. But in any event, the essence of the ritual is that you have one goat that gets all of the sins of Israel put on it and gets sent off into the wilderness. And one of the challenging aspects of that is 
why should the goat be made to suffer for all the nasty things that we've done? I, mean, I think it's a problem that a lot of people have with the idea of animal sacrifice in general. Right? What, what, why does an innocent animal have to die, have to suffer for the nasty things that we've done? Uperusho, in the explanation that he gives, that this goat literally carries our sins into the wilderness. There's a beautiful, if you come to the Central High Holiday Service on uh, Yom Kippur, you'll, we'll, we'll read this reading. There's this beautiful reading that my, um, that my mother-in-law showed me, um, where uh, this, this guy is uh, sort of meditating on the uh, idea of the scapegoat on Yom Kippur, and he imagines talking to the goat. And the goat says to him, you know, I see that you're very weary. Um, I see that you're very loaded down with all these burdens and troubles and all these things that you're you know, so guilty for and feel so sorry for. Put them on me because I'm a load-bearing animal and I'll carry them into the wilderness. Right? So we're not meant to be load-bearing animals, right? but goats are meant to be load-bearing animals. Right? So, and that's what it says here, like the, the, the goat it literally carries the sins. Oh, but that's very difficult. That the Jewish people are the ones who sin, and the goat's the one who's got to bear the burden of it. But the but the essence of this is is as follows. That when a person confesses, his intention in confessing is to purify himself. Kinyan Shamar David, Herev Kabseni Mavoni, that I should be cleansed of my sin, wash me thoroughly from my sins. And he's got another a couple of uh, textual proofs there. Enomi Palel, Ela Shiyu Yisrim Kalim, Shaloyia by Hembitul Torah. And he's only praying that, he, uh, uh, that he'll have minor uh, afflictions that won't. Uh, come with them uh, the, the, the need to abstain from Torah study. There's this uh, theology expressed in the Talmud and other places that, uh, that, that, that we suffer because of our transgressions. Right? So when you have an illness, when you have uh, um, some sort of affliction, it's because of some kind of uh, sin that you did. There's a really powerfully disturbing a section in the Talmud uh, where they say if you if you are suffering, if you have Yisurim, if you have some kind of afflictions, you should investigate your deeds and uh, you'll find the reason for your suffering. And then they ask, well, what if you investigate your deeds and you, uh, and you don't find a reason for your suffering? And then it says, um, then it says those are Yisurim shel Ahava, that in some instances um, God afflicts uh, people just out of love. A very difficult passage in the Talmud, but in any event, what it's talking about here is um, is a hope that that you'll suffer only a little bit, uh, that uh, that it won't bear with it the need to abstain from Torah study. And this is what he means when he says that you're righteous about whatever comes to us. Right, that David in these verses is saying that I accept these afflictions uh, uh, with a, a positive disposition because I need to uh, atone for myself. Um, that there are some uh, sins that only afflictions can wipe away, or only death can wipe away. And that's the virtue here. Uh, that he needs to confess in his uh, in his prayer. 
Upershuba Zohar, and the Zohar explains the Parsha Pekude in in the in the sermon it has on on the Torah portion Pekude. Shehu Chelak Samael Kein Haseir that there is an there is an element of the of Samael, an element of Satan uh, in the goat. Or the goat is uh, is a reflection of, uh, of of Satan, or is a symbol of Satan. Mahu chalko. What does that mean? What is the what is the portion of Satan? So what is, what would what would one have to do with the other? Shehakadosh Baruch Hu goes there. Alav Yisurim. That the that God has decreed upon him uh, those afflictions. Umiyad mizdamen sham samael v'holech v'govechovo. Right. So here's how it works according to Cordovero. You commit some kind of transgression, and God decrees on you some kind of affliction as a punishment for that transgression. And immediately, Samael, Satan, goes to collect, as it were, that debt from you. Right? So God isn't literally the one who gives you that affliction. God decrees that that affliction should come on you. Satan's the one who gives you that affliction. And so Satan goes to collect his debt, and that's what it means that the uh, the goat is carrying the sins. That that God has given the goat permission to collect that debt for you. To instead of instead of Satan giving you the afflictions, that God enables you to to pass on your sins to the goat, and the goat gets to carry your afflictions. And then, then Jewish people can be, then the Jews can be purified of their transgressions. And then everything returns back to Satan, which goes into this idea that the goat, when it says it's sent to Azazel in the book of Leviticus, I think Cordovero is going off of this idea that the goat is actually sent off to Satan in the wilderness. And so this idea is that you, that it's a whole kind of circle thing, right? So you commit a transgression, you have a decree on you that you should suffer for that transgression. You say, I want to, uh, I, I confess that transgression, I want to purify myself of that transgression, so you pass the transgression onto the goat. The goat gets, uh, gets, the mark on his back that the afflictions that were due to you should go to the goat. And so the goat has that mark on his back, but brings those afflictions back to the place where they were going to come from in the first place, which means that those afflictions ultimately fall on Satan. And the reason for this is that Right, so the reason for this is that God has uh, um, uh, decreed that in that uh, in His world that anybody who does this, as it were, loses their identity. Right, and this is the reason that the animal is killed. Skipping down just a little little bit, levatel mitziutam v'kocham achar shigmordinam, because their existence and strength has to be nullified after that decree is put on them. In other words, the, the ultimately what would happen by confessing your sins is that you, that you nullify yourself. 
You, you wipe away your existence. And so that's why the animal has to die when you pass your sins on to that person because their existence has to be nullified for those transgressions. Again, I, I, like I mentioned, very challenging, complex, and um, unsettling theology here. Um, and he goes on uh, a little bit uh, more further, uh, but you get the essence, I think, of, of what, he's, what he's conveying. But I want to skip just a little bit, if you'll permit me, uh, in the interest of time, to where he takes us in the realm of, of human action. So if you go in the Hebrew, it's uh, the page Kufchet on the top of the page, and then the, uh, um, in the English, it's on page 65. Gambamida... <clears throat> This is how a person should act with his fellow. Even if your fellow is wicked, afflicted with all sorts of afflictions because of his transgression, you shouldn't hate him. Because once he is punished, once he is uh, um, uh, disgraced, he is your brother. And you should bring the rebellious people, the sinners, close and be compassionate over them. And, and, and all the more so that you should save them from, from their enemies. The Ayumar Avono Garamlo, and you shouldn't just say that's his problem. Right? You should have compassion uh, for him with this virtue as I explained. And I think that that's saying a couple of things. Right? The first is that we have a tendency as um, you know as 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 uh, well as friends or as enemies to uh, to want to explain things that uh, that we have difficulty explaining, and that can be okay if that's something that we do to sort of justify the world to ourselves. Uh, but what it's saying here is um, that when when you have a a, a a fellow, whether your friend or your enemy, who is who's suffering some kind of um, ailment or affliction or illness. That's not the time at which you say, you know, the reason that that's happening to you is because of this bad thing that you did, or this, right? Or say, you need to really investigate what you're doing, uh, because I think, even if we do this to friends, right? God has a reason for everything, and you're, you, you know, there's got to be a reason for, for your loyalty or your cancer, right? Or your, your, your illness, right? We do this, uh, I think, um, partially because we don't like living in a world where things aren't justified. Um, and so what he's saying here is that that's not the approach that we take even to our enemies to say, you're, you know, this is the reason for your suffering. Rather, we should be there uh, to embrace them, saying that their suffering is enough. Right? Their suffering is enough, and at that moment, we are to regard them as our, as our, as our brother or as our sister. And the, the second piece is that uh, those people that we experience as being um, uh, transgressors, wrongdoers, whatever the case is, one approach is to push them away, saying, I want to associate with you. Right? And there are instances, obviously, in which that is the appropriate tactic. But the challenge of this, the suggestion of this, is that 
uh, is that we can take another approach, which is to bring sinners close, right? to bring people who do us wrong or who do other wrongs close, to help bring them to the right path with our compassion and our love um, rather than our, our judgment and our condemnation. And all of what he's suggesting about God, I think, is that um, is that God could bring true justice on each of us for all of the things that we've done. But instead, God enables us to pass the buck, as it were. God enables us to, 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 to free ourselves of those transgressions. However that happens, and, and, and whatever sort of difficulties we may have with, with the way in which Cordovero explains it, I shouldn't impose that on you, whatever difficulties I have with the way Cordovero explains it is, is one thing, but the sentiment that, that ultimately um, God, God's approach to us is to help bring us close with compassion and love rather than to cast us aside with punishment and affliction to give us an opportunity to free ourselves of those of those decrees, which ultimately is what we try to do on the high holidays, right? Chuvat filat staka ma'avirin et ruachzera, right? Our our repentance, our prayer, our acts of righteousness, our tzedakah, are what avert the bad decree, right? We say to ourselves that we have the opportunity to to uh, to pass the buck, to push it off, to push off a, a potentially disastrous uh, decree on us by our uh, positive actions. And so what he's offering for us is that we have the potential to do that with our fellow, uh, our fellows as well. That we have the, the potential to, to, uh, to, to see them with a, with a compassionate lens, to see them with a, a loving lens, and to bring them close even if they are um, uh, rebellious sinners. We'll continue next week.